This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, and even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. And I think, you know, when I make art and when I do music and when I make movies and stuff like that, I try to bring that flavor to everything I do. You know, there was something so interesting. I remember I was in college. I was in school for for musical theater and I really didn't feel like I fit in. I was coming to school with my fitted hat, you know what I'm saying, with my my vernacular and the way I speak and the way I kind of carry myself. And it was very different from from a lot of the other students. And people would crack jokes about the way I spoke. And, and I would laugh it off. And I'd be like, all right. But in the back of my mind, I was like, I'm going to outwork all of y'all. Y'all not even ready. From Futuro Media, it's Latino USA. I'm Maria Hinojosa. Actor, singer, and dancer Anthony Ramos first burst onto the scene in 2015's Broadway smash hit, Hamilton. But we'll never be truly free until those in bondage have the same rights as you and me. There he landed the dual role of John Lawrence and Philip Hamilton. Since then, he's gone on to star in Spike Lee's Netflix series, She's Gotta Have It. Mom, she named me Mars because she said I'm out of this universe, all right? And opposite Lady Gaga in A Star is Born. Crying them out. Find somebody else. Ryan, I'll be back, I promise. Most recently, he landed the lead in Lin-Manuel Miranda's much-anticipated film adaptation of the musical In the Heights. I am Usnavi, and you probably never heard my name. Reports of my fame are greatly exaggerated. At 28 years old, he's an emerging multifaceted artist with a fresh energy. On stage and on the screen, his easy demeanor and his smooth voice and dance moves make him seem like someone very comfortable in his own skin. And now he's bringing that confident and laid-back energy into his latest project, recording his own music. His debut album, The Good and the Bad, came out in October. I sat down with Anthony last month, before Hamilton premiered on Disney+, Plus, to talk about his memories of growing up in public housing in Brooklyn, how mentorship has played a central role in his career, and how he now finds himself in the room where it all happens. Anthony, ¿cómo estás? Welcome to Latino USA. Hello. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Hello, hello. All right, so Anthony, it has been a few years now, but we have to talk about it because, of course, Hamilton, the original cast, is on Disney+. And I'm assuming this is, like, really exciting for you. It's kind of wild to relive this experience that we all had. You know, we've all been out of this show for five years, I think it is. You know, some people more. And have done it so many times. And to now, you know, all these years later, it's actually sooner than I thought. I thought this joint was going to come out 10 years, 15 years later. But, you know, I'm, I'm grateful I get to share this experience with my family. 
Monsieur Hamilton. Monsieur Lafayette. In command where you belong. Are you saying no sweat? We're finally on the field. We've had quite a run. Immigrants, we get the job done. You get this call to do a play at the public. And, you know, I I, I know Lean manuel You know, I saw him here in my Harlem park. And <laughs> and I said, hey, Lean, que paola, no. Que hace? Oh, well, you know, I'm writing a play about, a musical about Hamilton. And I was like, Alexander? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, oh, all right. Okay, well, good luck, you good know. Luck, good luck, brother. But of course, you know, you get in the play. It starts at the public and then it goes to Broadway. And for you, when was your moment where you were like, okay, wait a second. What just happened? So there were two moments, right? And these moments were very close in time. But it was the first rehearsal that I went in and we did a run through of the music. And all of a sudden I hear that it was just piano and us singing. But Leslie came in and sang that first note. Spotting the Caribbean by Providence, impoverished and squalor. And then I came in. The ten dollar founded father without a father got a lot. And then David came in. And every day while slaves were being slaughtered and carted away. And I was like, yo, this is different. And this was in a workshop before the public theater. We did this. We did a, a very three presentations for only a hundred people. A small black box theater over there on Fifty Second Street on Tenth Avenue. And I was like, "Yo, like, I'll never forget the way people reacted." We did the first act with choreography and movement. The second act, we we just did behind music stands, and we had costumes on. And the way people laughed and wept. And just the energy and the feeling that encapsulated the room after was like nothing I ever experienced. And and in that moment, I was like, yo, I mean, call me crazy, but I was like, this might be a smash. (laughs) And yeah, and then we moved to Broadway and then, you know, that was, you know, the rest was history. History has its eyes on. So that was obviously enormously successful and you've done really well since then, but you're someone who, I don't know, it seems like you're super connected to Brooklyn, to your roots, to the place where you grew up, to kind of like La Tierra, to the streets. Yeah. Why is that so important to you? Because, I mean, I never lose where I'm from. It's such a huge part of me, you know, but I think, you know, it's a blessing that having come from where I came from, right, and, you know, from the projects and coming from a low-income neighborhood and, you know, thank God, overcome so many obstacles to be able to sit here with you and talk about all the blessings that have, you know, I've been able to receive, right? And albums and movies and so so on and so forth. You know, that stuff, that stuff didn't come easy. And for me to act like it did would be a lie. And, and I do have a lot to be thankful for and grateful for, you know? And I worked hard for everything I did, but it, it does take a level of faith and mm. a bunch of things and patience, things that are not in your control that had to go my way. For me, to even be, you know, sitting here talking to you about all the things we're going to talk about, you know? So I guess, you know, I try not to forget that. When you talk about your beginnings, you're like, it wasn't easy. Mm-hmm. You know, the projects were there. It's Brooklyn. And those areas now, a lot of the areas that you grew up in, Bushwick and Fort Greene, are like super gentrified. And I'm wondering now how you put together what you lived through. You go there and it's a very different thing. And I'm wondering if that 
sparks memories for you? Yeah, I mean, you know, Bushwick has changed for sure. You know, I go back and there's a coffee shop that wasn't there before. This person got bought out of their house and I'm like, you know, they fixed the park near where my mother lives. And I'm like, I don't understand why the park wasn't fixed when I was a kid. You know, it's like things like that that I think about, like it took the neighborhood to change. It took gentrification for you to fix that park that... One thing I love about going back is seeing the young, young kids who were just born, right? When I was like 12, 13, 14, now the grown people. Also seeing like some of the dudes on the block that kind of mentored me and gave me my nickname, right? I, my nickname was Franchise, you know, because my brother, <laughs> you know, my dad played baseball, my brother played baseball, and then seeing all them dudes on the block, still they like, yo, Franchise, you know, none of them call me Anthony, right? Like, I'm surprised they even remember my real name because I was all people called me in that backyard. We all shared a backyard in the projects, you know. So I didn't know this about you. I was like, oh, wait, wait, he played baseball. But like the reason why you were called franchise was because you came from a baseball family. Right. And then it turns out the thing that happens, right, is that you're 16, you get injured. Mm -hmm. And so you can't kind of do that. When was it when you were like, wait a second, I, I can act. Wait, wait, I can sing. Oh, also... Can dance. I think it was a combination of things. You know, I, I auditioned for a musical in my junior year of high school. It was at the beginning of the year. I thought it was a talent show, you know, what I was auditioning for because I missed singing. You know, singing was always something I enjoyed. So I went up in here thinking I was going <laughs> to sing one song. But then next thing you know, the teacher's like, can you read the lines? And I do the lines and they gave me a lead part in the show. And at first I didn't want to do it because I was like mad intimidated. I was like, I can't even focus, you know? I was you know, always cracking jokes. I could never sit still. And Sarah was like, just give it a shot. And I did. And it changed my life, you know. And in that moment, it wasn't only that I felt like, oh, I can sing or I can dance, but it just felt like I was on stage and felt, felt this passion for something that was greater, if the same, if not greater than playing baseball. And I had never felt that before. And then what was interesting enough, it was the musical later on, we did the actual main stage musical called Back to the 80s. And Ms. H comes up to me after a rehearsal. She pulls me into the aisle and she just grabs me by both my shoulders. She's like, this is what you need to do for the rest of your life. Wait, so just so I'm, just so I'm clear. So there have been multiple times when teachers have said, wait a second, Anthony, hold on. There's something else that we're going to figure out here. And you you let them help you. Like, there's this teacher that you mentioned that pushed you to be in the play, Sarah Steinwise. And then there was somebody that you say is a Ms. H? You know, I think I'm grateful. Like, her name was Miss Hom Violette. We call her Ms. H. And Ms. H, she was the coordinator for a program called peer mediation that we had in school. And it'd be like a fight in the school and the two students would come into mediation and they wouldn't get mediated by adults, but they'd get mediated by their peers, by two other students. And she would train us and she had training in mediation. And, wow. you know, she's like, I just, I want to mentor this kid. I want to be in this kid's life. Miss H was and is a huge part of my journey as well. Hey there, mama. Can you tell me how you been? You know, Miss H was like, I think you need to see Mr. Jacobs. You know, he was my counselor. 
You got a lot going on at home. You got a lot going on. And you're not talking to anybody about it. You might need some help with this. Someone who actually is trained in social, who can help you kind of dig through this stuff that you've been going through as a kid that you can't, and you've had a hard time understanding. And finally, I was like, all right, you know what? I'll do it. And that was a big step for me was getting therapy. And I still do therapy twice a week now. So it don't matter where life leads me. If you call and say that you need me, I'll be coming home. I'll be coming home. I actually have to ask you this because you've brought it up a couple of times. And I know that you talk about it generally. But you have said you you're the one who's like, look, you know, I was going through tough times. Your teacher was basically saying, you know, there's a counselor who can help you. And she was noticing that you were dealing with mental health issues. And I'm just wondering if you can take a moment and just paint one image of something that you think of when you think of and say that your life was tough as a kid. I mean, I mean, I, I can't even, it's so, it's so much. It was hard, you know, we were poor. You know, my mother made like $30,000 a year, if maybe, barely, raising three kids. I don't know how she did it by herself. My dad was on drugs at the time, and, and that was hard, you know, uh, seeing him high and not to go so deep, but like it was crazy. Like, I just I didn't realize that I was in a home dealing with alcoholism, dealing with drugs. Uh-huh. There was violence in my uh-huh. neighborhood. People were getting killed. One of my closest friends as a kid got shot right on the corner. But there was just that struggle that was just it just felt at times like, how am I going to overcome this? How am I going to overcome being poor, being Latino in a society that doesn't feel like it embraces us like that? You know, especially the nickname for Broadway is the Great White Way. You know what I'm saying? I'm reaching for something that already feels like the odds are against me, you know, and like me being Boricua, like, you know, we played baseball. You know, that was like the culture in our neighborhood. Like it was like, yo, you're going to make it sports. That's your way out. Uh-huh. Sports. And it was hard, like, realizing that I had so much trauma as a kid, too, you know? No kids should see a a blade getting pulled out on their parent, right? I was witnessing people get jumped, me getting jumped before, like, fights I've had, like, things like that. Like, I I remember, it was crazy. My family, we always turned our trauma into jokes. My brother would come back home, your bloody T-shirt still from the night before, from a fight he had. We'd all be up the next morning, and he would share the story, but he would tell it in a way that was hilarious, Uh. Uh, like, uh, he uh. would turn it into a stand-up comedy skit. And I saw him from the corner of my eye. My man's looking at me, but he got two homies over here, one to the right, one to the left. He's like, all right, look, I'm going to get rocked on the left. But if I throw this right, <laughs> and I'll just be sitting there, like, in awe. Like, I'll be like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe this is happening. It'd be, just be crazy. But, like, my family, we we do that, you know. I think we, we would kind of take these moments of pain and struggle or, you know, and we turn them into like a song or like a, you turn them into a skit, you know, crack jokes about it because, you know, the only other thing to do is cry, which is okay right. too, you know. I think trauma is something that we ignore so much, you know, and I had to come to terms with the trauma that I had growing up and the things I've seen. All alone, my phone, in my bedroom, 
Coming up on Latino USA, my conversation with Anthony Ramos continues. Like tomorrow's gonna figure it out, figure it out, figure it out. Like someone else will figure it out, figure it out, figure it out. Give advice to my friends about their problems, but when they mind, I forget how to solve Support for Latino USA comes from Odoo. What is Odoo? Well, Odoo is an all-in-one management software with apps for every business need. Odoo has apps for CRM, accounting, sales, HR, inventory, manufacturing, and everything in between. And they're all in one easy-to-use software. And the best part about Odoo? All Odoo apps are integrated, helping you get things done faster and more efficiently. So when you think about business, think Odoo. To learn more, visit odoo.com slash latino. That's O-D-O-O dot com slash Latino. We're back. In this part of the conversation, I talked to Anthony Ramos about his R&B, pop, and soulful album, The Good and the Bad, and what writing his own music means to him now. So now Hamilton has all of the success. You've been in movies and TV shows with top directors and actors, and now you have your debut album, The Good and the Bad. I mean, your album is really, okay, sorry, it's like a telenovela. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know if anybody's ever told that to you before. That's so funny. No, 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 you're the first. You're the first. It's basically like tu vida. You know, the album starts out, you're writing in a diary, but then you meet a girl, but then there's heartbreak, and then you have to figure out your life. And at the end, you sort of kind of come home and you figure out, all the goodness that there is in your life. It's really structured as a personal journey. Yeah. So I'm just wondering, why did you do it? I think I I just had a, I had a lot to say that, uh, and right, like sometimes, you know, you can say it through someone else's words, right? Sometimes we, we're blessed to play characters or sing songs that we feel like we can relate to, but sometimes they're just things, there's sometimes they're things that only you can say. You know, sometimes there are moments in life that only you can recall, you know, and I think it's important for us to find those 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 moments for ourselves as artists. Right. Like, you know, it's, sometimes someone can encapsulate the thing you want to say so much better than you ever could. But then sometimes no one can say what is on your heart better than you can say it. And I just had a moment, you know, my cast members were making albums. I had always wanted to make music, but, you know, it was really my boy, Will Wells. He was on the music team for Hamilton, but Will came up to me. I'll never forget it after opening night off Broadway. And Will's like, yo, Ant, that was dope, bro. He was like, yo, man, um, everybody is really talented on that stage. But he was like, but you, you special. 
Mm. He was like, you ever wanted to make music? Wow. And I was like, yeah, I mean, actually, you know, I've, I've wanted to do that for a minute. And like, you know, I had been writing songs even before he asked me that. But I think, you know, the relationship with Will took everything to another level. And, you know, and I really, I always give Will mad props because Will has been, he's not only been a best friend, but he's been a mentor. You know, sometimes you need somebody to to just bring it out of you or somebody to just be like, hey, I see something. What's up? You down or what? Sometimes I wish my life was like a photograph. So you have a new single. It's called Stop. I mean, we, we could have never imagined this year, this kind of challenge where we've had to stop everything. Yeah. And I'm wondering... Does your song have a different kind of feeling for you now in the context of everything that's going on? Yeah. I mean, I think it's just magnified. I think, you know, it was it was something that was there already. The song is about how me individually, just as a human, I was never good at stopping. I was never good at that. You know, the lyrics are, sometimes I wish my life was like a photograph. I'll double tap the good ones and just Photoshop the bad. I put them in my wallet and my pocket. If I need them, then I got them. But life don't work like that. I feel like I'm in Nikes on a track. Even when my feet are up, my mind is running fast. When I'm home, I get impatient. When I'm gone, I kind of hate it. But my life works like that. Sunsets and open water, skies full of technicolor. There's beauty right in front of you. There's so much to discover if you stop. There's so much to discover if you stop. See what comes into focus. Stop. It's kind of crazy what you notice. Stop. It's like a setting sun. Soon it'll be almost over, so just stop, right? And like, it was like the that song to myself, almost like, bro, uh. like, just sit down, my dude. Because that might help you hone in on actually, you're tired, you're drained, you're exhausted, you're irritated, whatever. Maybe if you just stop and sit down and really get back to the heart of what is important in your life, it'll help you to understand all the things you've been spending your time on that you didn't need to be spending time on Mm. before, you know, with people, with things, with job, whatever it is, right? Maria, I kid you not, we wrote that song two weeks before New York went on lockdown. Wow. I didn't know. I didn't know I was about to go home and have to be locked in my house for months. I didn't know before when we wrote that song. And then boom, God, life is like, no, here here you go. You wanted to stop? Now you're really going to stop. And the world stopped. We don't have sports to distract us now. We don't have concerts. Nobody, we don't really have many escapes, Mm. but what we have in our homes through Netflix and Disney Plus and all these, and the music, right? We can still escape that way. But like... You cannot hide from what has always been in front of us. Racism always been in front of us, right? You know, inequality, injustices, always that's always been there. But it took a global pandemic for us to actually, like, stop. And then for it to also clear out all the other distractions that we usually have for us to have no choice but to hone in right now on what is has always been the most important. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Even even in, in relationships with like people mm-hmm. who you're locked in with, right? People with spouses and kids. You have no choice but to have that hard conversation. You could avoid it, but it's going to be a hard three months if you avoid <laughs> <laughs> that conversation that probably needed to be had five years ago or, or uh. last week. Yeah. Okay, okay. So last question. The video of the song, The Good and the Bad, You're in it, but there's also an actor who is playing your younger self. And, you know, 
you're able to really see that, yes, you are having an extraordinary moment in your life right now. But you can see in the video that there's also been a lot of bad. Yeah. And part of the video is this back and forth with little Anthony Ramos. Right, right, yeah. So what advice would you give? What advice were you giving that little Anthony Ramos? I think it was me telling myself, like, it's okay. Like, what you're going through is temporary. You know, what's happening to you is not forever. And just hold on, you know. That song, the lyric is hang on to the moments when you're flying, the moments when you're crying, hang on to the ones that hold you down and the ones that ain't around. It's the good and the bad. And you know, sometimes it takes that kid in you, right? It's like, it's almost like when we're kids, we, we're not afraid of the same things we're afraid of as adults, right? I think as kids, like, you don't care what risk you're taking. But it is something that happens to us later on, I think, in life that, you know, our insecurities grow because of life experiences, right? And certain things happen and they bring back memories of, well, you know, people made fun of me because of this. And as a result, I'm this way as an adult, right? Kids don't have all of that baggage, you know what I'm saying? And I don't feel like kids stress about the things that we stress about, right, as adults. And we always like, well, wait till you get older, you know? And adults always tell kids, don't grow up too fast. And I think it was kind of like young me reminding myself just don't grow up too fast, brother. It's okay. Mm. What you've been through is okay. Where you're at right now is because of what you've been through. And, and just take it in stride. It's the good and the bad, you know, but you're still standing. You're here and there's hope. Well, you give us hope, Anthony Ramos. Thank you so much for joining me on Latino USA. Thank you, Maria. I appreciate it. It's an honor. Anthony Ramos is a singer and actor based in New York. The film version of Hamilton's original cast is now streaming on Disney+. Anthony's latest single, Stop, drops next month. episode was produced by Ginny Montalvo and edited by Sofia Palizaca. The Latino USA team includes Miguel Macias, Luis Treyes, Janice Yamoka, Julieta Martinelli, Alisa Escarce, and Alejandra Salazar, with help from Raul Perez. Our engineers are Stephanie LeBeau and Julia Caruso. Additional engineering this week by Leah Shaw. Our director of programming and operations is Natalia Fidelhot. Our digital editor is Amanda Alcantara. 
Our New York Women's Foundation Ignite Fellow is Julia Rocha. Our interns are Sofia Sanchez and Marie Mendoza. Our theme music was composed by Zenia Rubinos. If you like the music you heard on this episode, stop by latinousa.org and check out our weekly Spotify playlist. I'm your host and executive producer, Maria Hinojosa. Join us again on our next episode. And in the meantime, look for us on all of your social media. Ahí te veo. Ciao. Latino USA is made possible in part by the Annie E. Casey Foundation creates a brighter future for the nation's children by strengthening families, building greater economic opportunity, and transforming communities. California Endowment, building a strong state by improving the health of all Californians. And the Heising Simons Foundation, unlocking knowledge, opportunity, and possibilities. More at hsfoundation.org. I'm having a conversation with your son. Please don't interrupt us. (laughs)